Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast on Tuesday, 4th of July. We're into the new financial year and lots of commentary about last financial year and how the ASX 200, or was it the All Ordinaries, was up 9.7%. Fantastic stuff, isn't it? Except for the fact that you should note if you went from, if you did 13 months instead of 12 months, the stock market is down 0.11% in 13 months. And it just happened that the financial year last year started after an 11.8% drop in the market in one month. So as always, the stock market is all about marketing. Choose your statistics carefully. Anyway, as far as it looks, our market had a good year last financial year. The average annual rise is 5.77%, add in dividends of 4, 4.5%, maybe a bit of franking, and you get yourself to around 9.7%. So an average year last year, but not if you started at the beginning of June instead of July. Anyway, it's all a show. This is general advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. It almost certainly isn't. I did a article over the weekend showing you the statistics for the financial year last year and year to date. And the obvious thing this year has been a 31% rise in the NASDAQ in the last six months after a 33% fall in the previous 12 months. Thankfully, we were on to that with our NASDAQ and our FANGS trade this year. And the strategy portfolio has done okay. We're sitting in 32, as you'll see today, we're sitting in 32% cash, still wondering what to do with that. But the markets aren't compelling. Having said that, if you have a look at some of the commentary in the markets take section today, you'll see we should be quite comfortable with the market at the moment. The banks seem to be bottoming a little bit. The resources are lifting off the bottom. The ASX 200 looks comfortable. Comfortable. Meanwhile, in the US, it's hard to chase big tech. It's all overbought. We've got the NASDAQ and S&P 500 on year highs. And some of the valuations on big tech stocks are a little bit out there with, for instance, NVIDIA price to sales ratio of 40 times, which is just absurd. It's only when it all falls over, we look back and go, oh, it was so obvious. Well, the catalyst for the big tech sector to reprice hasn't happened yet. So for now, it's sitting quite comfortably at overbought levels without an excuse to sell it. But you do wonder what is going to come along that's going to burst the bubble of big tech, if anything at all. Have we overbought the AI enthusiasm? You sort of imagine that there's something that we don't know and can't predict that's going to happen to the market to reprice us a little bit in the US because it's a bit hard to chase it at this point in time. The US results season is coming up. That could be the catalyst. Earnings, the other major catalyst course is interest rates. There are a number of strategists now suggesting that the peak in inflation is in, that the jobs market is going to weaken, and we have US jobs numbers on Friday this week. And all that is reasonably positive. There are other strategists pointing out that interest rates are, or bond yields are high and being ignored by the equity market at the moment. So what is going to come along to reprice everything, if anything, maybe the results season. So we've got the results season coming up. I'll do a diary for you. The other event we've got coming up, of course, today is the RBA meeting. Everyone seems completely divided. Well, by the time you listen to this, it'll be out, I dare say. But everyone seems divided on what the RBA are going to do. I've given up on the RBA rate tracker. It's saying there's almost no chance of them raising rates, but clearly there is a fairly significant chance of them raising rates. 
But the CPI number last week, which was lower than expected, suggests that they may not raise rates. And a number of strategists, economists, commentators are saying that even if they do pause this time around, which seems likely, even if they do pause, they will still be raising rates one or two or even three more times by the end of the year. There's also an interesting suggestion in the AFR today that when the new RB or the idea that the RBA is going to be restructured would tend to suggest that the existing RBA are not going to make the call on peaking interest rates, but leave it to the next RBA, in which case they will remain hawkish and will keep raising rates, or at least not do anything too radical ahead of a new RBA, whatever. We will see what they do today. I am hoping that they do pause, and whatever the commentary about them pausing being irrelevant, because they'll raise rates eventually, despite that, I think it will be read positively for the market. It will be a confirmation that inflation is coming off and it should extend this consumer discretionary rally, which we have bought into in the ideas portfolio with our three retailers, Adairs, Harvey Norman and Levisa. And all of those trades looking okay at the moment. In the Macquarie portfolio, it's a bit of a struggle at the moment. Macquarie just doesn't seem to want to gain momentum. There's a bit of criticism of Macquarie and their handling of Thames Water, which is becoming a a disaster in the UK with the Labour government suggesting they will have to bail it out. What was it $12 billion worth of debt? And Macquarie exited that in 2017. They have an investment, a $1.1 billion investment is in Southern Water anyway. Utilities in the UK or water utilities in the UK. I remember when they all listed boring utilities and everyone went mad for them. That was in the 1990s. Anyway, Macquarie getting a bit of backlash. I don't think it's too severe, but just struggling to make progress in the Macquarie portfolio at the moment. No damage done, but just lacking momentum. Bit of a struggle. Right, other things today. Have a look at the bottom of my section. Apart from the RBA, lithium. Lithium stocks running still. Tesla was up 7% in the US overnight. And Rivian, which if anyone who rides motorcycles will know the long way up, I think it was called, when they went from, this is Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman, went from the bottom of Argentina to the top of America on electric motorcycles. It was the most excruciating of all Ewan McGregor's long way up, long way round, long way down, because they had electric motorcycles and were constantly trying to find somewhere to charge them up, just dominated the whole thing, completely ruined it as far as I can see. But anyway, as anyone who watched that excruciating program will know, Rivian accompanied the electric motorcycles with one of their first electric SUVs, which also needed to be charged all the time. I think you just went five or ten years too early there, Ewan, with the electric idea. The excruciating part was that in order to get any distance out of these motorcycles, they had to do 30 miles an hour. The slower you go, the longer range you get. Anyway, shouldn't have been on TV. It was a killer. But Rivian made its debut on that program, and overnight Rivian up 17% again on delivery numbers. Tesla reporting massive delivery numbers. When you consider internal combustion engines are banned from 
the EU from 2035. And if you think that won't happen here, the ACT has banned them from 2035 as well. We're all going to be driving them one day. Anyway, the momentum is back behind electric vehicle stocks overnight and lithium stocks doing okay today. Now, on the lithium front, let me just mention Latin resources. Henry wrote about this last week, but I just spotted it today. Of course, Henry said, I told you that. But Latin resources, since its resource upgrade has gone from 18 cents to now 34 cents, almost doubled. And when you go to the share register, you'll realize one institutional fund manager, Regal Partners, has bought themselves 132 million shares, which is 5.16% of the company. And if you want to know why the share price is going up, presumably it's thanks to them, as any institutional broker will tell you. If you're trading shares, it's not about fundamentals. It's about who's buying and whether they're still buying and when they stop buying. And brokers are very good at knowing what the flow is in a stock. The flow meaning who's buying, who's selling. And clearly in Latin resources, since that announcement, that must have been enough to confirm, I assume, to Regal Partners that it was okay to buy the stock and they've got stuck in. No other obvious institutions on the share register at this stage in the game. Of course, doesn't stop another institution getting interested at some point. But again, as any institutional broker will tell you, it's all about when Regal stop buying if they do. And as of today, Latin resources down 7% against the trend in lithium stocks today. Nothing to do with fundamentals. It's simply to do with who is buying and when they're buying. Notably today, PLS, I still must do that stock take. Sorry, everybody on PLS. I'm just, I need another 12 hours in the day, I have to tell you. But PLS up for 4.9% today. Had an announcement yesterday about the final investment decision on the demonstration plant being developed in joint venture with Calix CXL being made on or about the end of July. Was initially targeted for the end of June. Doesn't sound terribly positive, but anyway, share price up today. I've put the top 10 investors in Latin resources in my section today. The other thing I've got in today is the VIX volatility index, otherwise known as the fear index, of course, which is simply the volatility of index options in the US. That is the lowest level. It's what, 13.57 at the moment. Just to give you a gauge, if this is the fear index, which is a nice label, but it's not actually, it's an index of volatility of options over indexes. But whatever, if it is the fear index, then you are supposed to buy when others are fearful and sell when others are greedy or complacent. And with the index down at 13, anytime the index has been below 10, something seems to have happened in the market where we've got a little bit too carefree or complacent. Anyway, it's telling us we're a bit carefree at the moment. I wouldn't do anything about it. You wouldn't go selling just because the market is carefree or the VIX index is approaching 10. But the night that the VIX spikes that is when you start to take notice. For now, it's absolutely fine. It can go lower, but it is telling you we are reasonably carefree. When you buy the market is when the VIX absolutely spikes to 50, which it did in the pandemic and it did in the global financial crisis. Obviously, no sign of that at the moment, but it is telling you this isn't a fabulous moment of fear that we should be buying. This is a moment of greed, which if anything, you would be waiting for the top rather than 
and throwing your money at the market at the moment in anticipation of upside. Anyway, have a look at the VIX chart in my section today. Now, other things today. I have a new set of tables in the technical scan section designed to make it easy, easy peasy for you to see all the signals on both a daily and weekly basis and not just on the all ordinary stocks, but also on indices, markets, metals and ETFs. So have a look at the technical section. This section continues to get better every day. The more feedback I get from you guys about what you want, the more it develops anyway. I always think I've nailed it and then something else comes up which says we could do this even better. Anyway, I think I've nailed it today. Have a look at the two tables of buy and sell signals. Very visual. You should be able to pick up very quickly things that are relevant to you. Investors look at the weekly signals. Traders can look at the daily signals. Highs and lows are in there as well. And I've started to use a few meta stock charts. Some of you have emailed me before that you can't match my buy and sell signals, which were coming from Omnitrader. I've discovered Omnitrader uses a little volume filter, which makes for different or not quite pure mathematical buy and sell signals compared to what you're used to. Anyway, I've started doing these signals now through Metastock and they're all coming out spot on what you would expect without this little filter in them. And I've started to use a few Metastock charts. Have a look. Anyway, some of the observations in the technical signals section is overbought US markets, NASDAQ, S&P 500, and a host of technology ETFs all overbought. Hack, Robo, RBTZ, Tech, Semi, Cloud, all the technology stocks overbought at the moment. And the S&P 500 ETFs, IVV and IOO. We hold HIHVV, of course. There's a buy signal as well on GGUS. Not sure I'd be buying a geared to the S&P 500 ETF right now. The two geared bear ETFs, BBUS and SNAS, both heavily oversold, waiting one day. There's going to be a fabulous, when the moment that VIX spikes and the market finds an excuse to fall over in technology, there are going to be some fabulous trades in BBUS and SNAS, which is short NASDAQ and short S&P 500. Just not today. Crypto is overbought. You've probably seen the rise in Bitcoin. And there's a buy signal on gold. I'm looking for something to trade. Is gold it? Loads of things to buy if gold is tradable at the moment. There is a buy on GOR at the moment. Another interesting buy signal are in the worms, the turning worms, Star Entertainment, bit of a buy signal. Also, Bank of Queensland, a bit of a buy signal. There's also buy signals on Instec Pivot, another worm, and Hastings Technology Metals, HAS. Little buy signals on those, catching the knives. And there's also a bottoming going on in rural stocks, and there's a weekly sell signal on WiseTech. That's about it. Anyway, have a look at the technical scan section, getting better every day. Henry's Take today, a bunch of updates on small company stocks. Harry Kane portfolio in focus. Corporate travel, CTD, bottoming. Henry calls it a buy here. Maybe that's the stock to trade. And Henry talking about geraniums today. He knows, don't worry, he knows it's called germanium. He calls it geranium just to annoy you or entertain you, I'm not sure. But China restricting the export of germanium and gallium. And he suggests it might be time to have a look at LYC, Linus, on the back of all that. He also has a section on 
the Kate Schiller PE ratio and a bit of history on the 4th of July. Do you know what the Grand Union flag is? It's in Henry's section today and also ask the analyst for Henry at 5.30pm on Friday. You can register in his section, click on the banner. Quick stories today, Costa Group CGC bid for up 11% today. Silver Lake SLR record quarterly production numbers up 6% today. Emerald Resources EMR up 6% today. Gold Discovery and Suncor peaking out a little bit today after a good rally down 1% only expects a 12% increase in reinsurance costs. And here we go. Maybe this is why PLS is up. Macquarie outperform rating on PLS. Positive progress in its midstream demonstration plant project and a strong cash balance. Average target price on PLS is only 2.7% above the current share price. And UBS downgrades today. Take your pick. Right, and in another cameo today, we have my son Archie has a question for us, which I think this time will be interesting for members. Right. Hello. Hi. How are you going on? I'm well. My question today is, I've been using Comsec, but what is the best charting software that's free? Right. I have done an article on this recently, which is on our homepage. But as you probably know, we have been using Omnitrader and Metastock. Metastock has been a stalwart piece of software. It's been around for decades now. I have to say, it's still buried in the 80s. I do wish they'd upgrade it. But whatever, it is one of the most used, but it is quite expensive. And you need a data feed for it as well. And Metastock, we have combined with Omnitrader, which has got a great scan function. But again, this is quite expensive. It's sort of five, $600 for a year. And not really. And you want something free, don't yeah, you? Well, I'm already paying $1,000 for the Marcus Day subscription. So <laughs> I need a free software. Uh, you are underpaying. I need to charge you more. Right, so free software. Well, what have you used apart from Comsec? I've used Stake, which is one of those online low brokerage fees. And it's slightly delayed, but the charts are very easy to look at. Right. Uh, uh, Most platforms have got some charting software on it, but I can tell you for nothing, most of our members, not most of our members, a lot of our members have discovered something called TradingView. Right. Which is, I think there's a free version, but you can also pay up. If you pay up, you get to set chart setups and you get to be able to save things, put more indicators on. The free version doesn't let you do too much. But TradingView is one of the most used now, I think, by members. And one of the reasons it works particularly well, it comes out very well on an iPad as well as a PC. Mm. So uh, I would go TradingView. I think it's... 15 bucks a month, but you can pay quite a bit more than that. But I think the free version worked quite well, and and it allows you to do all the things any charting package should now allow you to do, which is to plot candles or bar charts or line charts and put a whole bunch of indicators on it as well. All right, I'll give it a look. Good, give it a look. And keep an eye on our technical scan section. I know you like a punt, Archie, but that is now getting better and better every day. If you're having a bit of a trade rather than invest, I'd be having a look at our technical section and then pop in a chart up on trading view there you go thank you good
Right, that's about it. Waiting for the RBA today. As I leave you, our market has been up 18 and down 10, currently down 5. Dow futures are down 5 as well. NASDAQ futures down 24, which is down 0.2%. Nothing material there. Setire, CTT, best performing stock in our market last year, up another 3.8% today. Lithium stock's doing well today. SYA up 8.1%. VUL up 5.6%. LRS down 8% now. Patriot Battery Metals, PMT up 3.6%. And that's about that. You might have noticed, or if you go to our homepage, our new homepage, you will see that there is a stock take on Telstra. That turned out exactly as I expected. Slow moving, defensive, safe income stock. One of the lowest volatility stocks in our market. And a reasonable sort of 5% yield, including franking, not dazzling. And that's that. You have a fabulous day. Let's see what the RBA does. I'll be back tomorrow.